0: And Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drum. Ron Wolfley.
1: Yeah, baby, bring it on.
0: Luke Lipinski. The great Luke <laughs> Lipinski. We're devaluing the word great if you follow for Luke Lipinski. Wolf <laughs> and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios, Wolf. I'm trying to do the math here. I've got all these Patrick Peterson clips. We've gotten to play two of them. And let's see. It looks like they uh... 12 of them, <laughs> so even if I just started playing them right now, I wouldn't be able to play them all before the end of the show. I'm going to play a few of these, though. These are from the All Things Covered podcast yesterday, in case you missed it on Sunday. Patrick Peterson on the field called out Steve Kime basically said he hasn't returned my call in two years, and then after the game had that weird email story that he referenced in, in front of his locker, so he... He had a chance to maybe cool down. Like I understand on the field, the game yeah. just ended. You're yeah. fired up. You want to beat your old team, but then he had time to cool down and he, and he still didn't back off. So it was kind of like, is he going to back off now that he has, he's doing his podcast at, at midway through the week? Um, no, <laughs> he still didn't, uh, he still didn't back off. Let's see uh, here. Let's start with, uh, with Patrick Peterson. The follow-up on that weird fan letter story. Let's let's begin there from the All Things Covered podcast.
2: So let me ask this oh, question: Pat, in regards to that letter that came from the fan, who do you think had dealings with that for that to get in front of you? Because you know, fans send players a lot of mail, right? Right, and you don't get the chance to see everything. But for that personal, for that statement, that letter to be put on
0: your locker,
2: it felt like it was they wanted you to see it or something like that. Oh, they definitely wanted me to see it because it said, clearly, I know you hear the chatter. Talk is cheap. So apparently, yeah, it was meant for me to see it.
1: I, honestly, okay. He's still doubling down I, on it. No, you know, I, I listen. I. This is so difficult because um, you, you know that I love Pat B and respect him greatly. Um I, I just, I, this is so weird because I've never heard this before and I have talked to so many people. So many people. I'm not, not people that work for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm talking about people in the media that you would think Pat P would have told something like that. Uh, earlier, th- like and I don't that, know, I don't know said, how true it is. Said This was the first they'd heard
0: of it. You would think if he's this upset now, and it's 2022, and he's been on another team for a year and a half, and by the way, that team is six and one, and the yeah. Cardinals are three and five. Yeah, he would have been seething two years ago when this happened. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you would, you okay. just to your point, you would think if he's going to tell the world now, why wouldn't he have done it back then? I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just it, the timing is just it's strange to me that he's this
1: upset now yeah no i i, I know you know i mean it's just he's having a, re, a relapse or something like that two years later but once again people in the media that did not know did not hear this and um or he's know, a genius and he's driving up his podcast ratings it's one of the two well, may, and maybe that's what, what it is but still uh, like kent summers kent summers uh, reported on the fact that it was the first he had ever seen. He tweeted it out. As a matter of fact, that yeah. that was the first he had ever heard that story. So I, I'm a little surprised by that.
0: Let's, um, let's. I
1: I know nothing about it.
0: Let's go into a couple more of these. The um, the trade request. What was that? 2018. I mean, let let's let's. How far back do we want to go here? Patrick Peterson, as I said yesterday, we all need to remember, is one of the best Arizona Cardinals of all time. Yeah. I mean, when he was at his peak, we're talking about the best at his position on the Cardinals for years and years and years. Shut down. Cliff Kingsbury gets here. If you remember, Patrick Peterson didn't do him any favors by getting suspended right out of the gate. I forgot about that, and then and that was actually after 2018 when things were not going well with Steve Wilkes, and and there was all that talk. Hey, Patrick Peterson is is, is asking out. He elaborated on why he wanted out. My thing, I I, I
2: I don't know Matt, but at the same time, like as a player, you have only so many. I'm just blessed to be able to play 12 years. So far. Mm-hmm. Like, you only have so many opportunities. To make the best of your opportunity, yep. And at that time, they were in the, in the, in, they were not in a winning state of mind. Mm-hmm. You could just tell the way they was building the team, the, the the way ever since BA left, it just it just everything wasn't the same. I'm going into year A. I'm like, hey, I'm about to get start d- double digit I'm trying to win a championship. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm playing the game for—to win a championship. And that's all that matters to me at this point because at that time I had eight Pro Bowls, you know, had three all pros at the time. Um, you know, well on my way to be, you know, on the all decade team. You know, yeah. only thing been to the NFC championship, only thing I felt that I was missing was playing in the big game. And I felt like they was not giving us the best opportunity to play in the big game. That's just the ma- truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, and for a player why do? Why would I want to sit there in somebody else' comfortability of being comfortable with where they're at?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, once again, at that point in time, uh, Pat P, I understand. I understand what he he was what he was thinking, and why he's no longer an Arizona Cardinal. I, I get it from his perspective. Um, that was a miserable season. That, that was a, oh, season. Oh, oh my goodness just absolutely miserable no doubt about that but do you have the cut quickly do you have the cut of him actually talking about um, the play calling once again and the the offense because that to me is something that is applicable big time.
2: At what point in that ball game, Pat P, for you did you come into your own as in I got them figured out there's nothing they can do? First play the first play yeah I practiced against them guys for what how many seasons I was with Cliff two years Mm, yeah I think I think same exact stuff that I seen in in camp and practice same stuff I saw on tape Mm. so from the first play
1: yeah that right there, so from the first plane, I've heard other guys say the exact same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Other guys have said that um the the Arizona cardinals become predictable. That's a problem. And that is a problem. That,
0: everything that Patrick Peterson said after the game, everything he said in his podcast this week, some of it is interesting, some of it is entertaining. The only thing that really matters is that clip right there. All that really matters if you're a Cardinals fan is that clip because there's there's two parts to it for me, Wolf. There's the beginning where, okay, yeah, when did you have him figured out? Oh, first play. Well, okay, mm-hmm. if you had him figured out first play, then why did you give up 60 points in the last two years against the Cardinals and you split with them? It's it's not like the Vikings have owned the Cardinals since Patrick Peterson got there right but and I can answer that
1: go ahead and answer execution there execution that's what it comes down to so when you hear DeAndre Hopkins talking about execution now once again you know I believe this offense needs to expand that's what I think they need to do, expand so that you you don't become um too predictable you want to be hey listen Predictability, you can know what's coming, but if I'm better than you, it doesn't matter if you know what's coming. Yeah. I'm just gonna run over. But you. you gotta be the chiefs or the bills at that point. You you you've gotta be really good at executing schemes. But the more varied you are, um, the better that becomes. The higher the chances become of you being more successful, the more varied you are. Does that make sense? Well, and that's
0: the second part of this that I do think is concerning is when he says it's the exact same stuff that I saw on tape. It's the exact same stuff they were running when I was practicing Correct. there two years ago because, you know. You can be predictable in a way where you want the other team to know what that's you're exactly doing. exactly right. You, okay, yeah, we're going to run right at you. You know it. You can't stop. We got Derrick Henry. You can't stop us. So good. And then and think we're going to do that in two plays when we run play action or whatever. But there's also, that's, that's the good kind of predictability. Yes. What, what I think a lot of us are nervous about, and I was nervous about this after the, the playoff loss to the Rams last year, it felt like the Rams knew everything that was coming. They really did. And that's where you start to worry of like, okay, 11 games last year, 11 wins is great, but is that the ceiling? Yeah. And I'm not saying teams have figured the Cardinals out, but Patrick Peterson is absolutely piling on and saying it's easy to figure this team out. That's not hard to read what he's saying right well, there. Well,
1: and once again, uh, that has been said by other players yeah. in the league. Yeah. That's
0: not good, if that's the case. I mean, if that's the case, then what's you're not winning the Super Bowl if that's if that's the case.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're, you, your execution's got to be immaculate, so much better than everyone else. Yeah,
0: period. Coming up next, we're going to help you set your fantasy football lineups for Week Nine. Oh, Wolf, the, the fantasy football playoffs are close. With our fantasy reality check, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
3: Fantasy is Wolf and Luke present Fantasy Reality Check, where fantasy football gets a reality check from 10-year NFL fullback, four-time pro bowler, Ron
0: Wolfley. I went through the range of emotions there during the break, Wolf, because Rick was kind enough to bring me food from over in the other part of the building, okay? Yeah. Two things looked very similar. One was clearly dessert. One was clearly full of spinach. Not the same thing. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Both very good.
1: It's a euro, right? Well, I
0: haven't even gotten to whatever that is, but there was, I think it was, was it Baklava? I think it was Baklava. 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 Yeah, Baklava, however you say it. And then the other one was spinach. (laughs) Not the same at all. All right, we're heading into week nine of the fantasy football season. Let's start with the game tonight as far as pieces you might be able to use in your lineup. There is nothing from Houston. Like, here's the thing about fantasy football. Wolf, usually you get to this point in the season. And ideally, the the players you drafted early are stepping up for you, and they're carrying you through the season. But this is usually the part of the year where you've picked up a guy off waivers, or you know you've you've traded for somebody, or you had a guy that you stashed on your bench all year, like a Nico Collins or somebody on Houston, and that person started. Other than Damian Pierce, nobody's doing anything on Houston. Yeah, um, you know. That but everybody on me right now. <laughs> usually, you can, can I, usually can get I somebody. No, no. I mean, you're right. Philly, though. Philly has been a tremendous... Treasure trove this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to it. Shall I'm, we? Looking the, <laughs> I'm, <kidding. laughs> I'm looking at the. I'm I'm looking at the the last four weeks. Okay. These okay. are the the top scoring receivers in fantasy football. Per game over the last four weeks. A.J. Brown is number five. Okay, let's see. A.J. Brown. And this this is not typical that it would go this uh, this textbook. Number four is Tyreek Hill. Okay, Tyreek Hill. Number three is Jamar Chase, who's not playing yeah, right now. All right, Jamar. Shake it off. Number two is Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is such a dog. Number one is DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> And it, quite honestly, isn't even close. (laughs) It's
1: not even close. Is that awesome, though? I mean, honestly, think about that right now. DeAndre Hopkins, is he done? Ladies and gentlemen, is DeAndre Hopkins done?
0: Not according to his Twitter feed or what he does on Uh, the field.
1: Does it look like D-Hop is slowing down at all right now? Uh, No. Not at all. Man, I'll tell you, that is good news right now. If, in fact, you're hoping the Arizona Cardinals, at some point in time, are going to be able to turn this around, and hopefully it starts against Seattle this Sunday. Man, D-Hop's going to be right in the middle of it.
0: DeAndre Hopkins, in his two games this season, is on a 1,000-yard, 100-catch pace. <laughs> and, and so he's on that pace if he only plays 11 games this season. Like, that's that's what's ridiculous. Oh, wait a minute, okay. So he's missed the first six games. Oh, my goodness. So his season is 11 games. He's on pace for 100 well, catches and 1,000 yards.
1: You know what? That makes sense. It was the math thing, once oh, again, yes, that I, I just dismissed I immediately. Yeah. But it makes sense. 100 yards. 100 yards a game. You think there is 11
0: games. There's some irony that you've struggled with math today after you called the Arithmetics the Arithmetics to start the show.
1: You know what? It was actually baloney.
0: <laughs> now you're turning on your own Yes, producer. it was.
1: Yes. <laughs> Mel. Watch it.
0: Said, you're right. The <laughs> arithmetic: uh, 22 catches on 27 targets for 262 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins. Those are his
1: okay, first boy. That is good right there. Yes, you know what the targets are there. The production is certainly there. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. The other shoe, where so- suddenly Kyla Murray starts spreading the ball to other receivers uh, in that offense. Where I was That's going. What I'm waiting for. So if because I don't. Fully
0: buy Seattle's defense just yet. So if you're looking for pieces, you gotta pick somebody up. It's week nine, you got guys on bye week, whatever, some guys just haven't panned out. Rondale Moore is one of the most added players in fantasy football this week, Wolf. Really? Across the board, yeah, because I think a lot of people have kind of given up on him. Yeah. And then he had a big week last week, a seven catches on eight targets for ninety two yards and a score. Yeah. And and there is a very clear opening next to DeAndre Hopkins right now. It's not clear who's gonna take it. Yeah. But if Rondale Moore
1: wanted to step into that role, I don't think a lot of people would be very upset. You know what, I think Zach Ertz is going to be the guy that actually steps up and fills that role. We'll see, of course. Um, That's not a prediction, but I think it's likely that Zach Ertz steps up and fills that role, attacking the middle of the field. I would imagine the Seattle Seahawks are going to play an awful lot of zone once again, try to rush forward, try to go after Kyler Murray, collapse the pocket, try to force the Cardinals to work the ball, down the field, um, we'll find out. But I think Zach Ertz is going to be the second go-to, if you will. D-Hop will get his targets, but Zach Ertz, number two. Here's
0: uh, here's my guy that you
1: need to pick up this week, Wolf, in your league. I know
0: okay. you're, you're frantically looking for somebody on the waiver wire. So the Colts, and this is why this is a unique week because there were all these trades at the trade deadline. So ideally, you could capitalize on some of that, right? Now okay. you, you can't go out and pick up some amazing player right now. You, you gotta you gotta be digging deep, but if you have room on the bench, Deion Jackson is now the Colts' number two running back. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor's been hurt for a while, and he's hurt again. Okay. And the game where Deion Jackson had to step in and actually, like, play against Jacksonville two weeks ago. Right. 42 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Ten catches for 79 yards in addition. Wow. So, you're not picking up Jonathan Taylor. It's week nine. He was the number one overall pick in a lot of drafts. But you might be able to pick up a guy that anytime Taylor isn't
1: playing, you can start with confidence. Yeah. Okay, you know, I I hear you right there, but is you're talking about that, the yeah. only thing I can think of is don't ever start anybody that just got traded. Okay? Well, don't do that. At the trade deadline, I wouldn't start anybody that just got traded.
0: Alright, that's my question for you then. Because at least Deion Jackson's still in Indianapolis They trade away Correct. Hines. Right. What about a guy like Chase Claypool? Because he was out there in, in a lot more leagues because they just couldn't get him the ball in Pittsburgh yeah, no, other than like two
1: weeks. Exactly. They couldn't get him the ball because um, at least my brother says uh, he had a hard time actually Performing from time to time, and I don't want him in Chicago so, either. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is, no, do not start Chase Claypool. Right. I wouldn't. I any offensive guy, any offensive guy that just got dealt at the trade deadline, I wouldn't be starting. Him. That's just me.
0: Does it matter, receiver versus running back? Are you more hesitant to start a receiver than a running back? Because I typically am.
1: Yes. Okay. Um. Yet at the same time, I would say. Even Christian McCaffrey kind of struggled a little bit. Now, he got his reps in the first game. Second game, he did everything. But he was only there how many days, too? I think it was three days before, so... You know, that hurt him, and no he's, doubt. And he's the extreme, too. And he is the extreme. Is there a better fit for him
0: than San Francisco? Because if you had Christian McCaffrey, he's actually playing this season, so you probably took him second or third. You've been holding on to him. He's been decent for Carolina. Threw a touchdown, caught a touchdown, ran for a touchdown last week. Like It no, feels sir. like Kyle Shanahan wants to show off the fact that they
1: have Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, there's no doubt, man. He is... He is going to become the beating heart of that offense for the 49ers. Is there any
0: running back in fantasy football you'd rather have right now than McCaffrey? I don't think there is. Because you get more yeah, points for catches. Thing,
1: okay, but here's the one thing about him. He's always been prone to injury, no. as you know. No. So I do know somebody that keeps drafting him here. Right, like a there fool. you go. a <laughs> Um...
0: The Tennessee-Kansas City game. I want to... I'm trying to figure out Kadarius Toney, because he got traded to Kansas City a week ago. You're fascinated I'm, I'm fascinated because at this point in the season, I'm looking for guys you can pull off the waiver wire and start in the playoffs, and that's a receiver in Kansas City. And he's supposed to be this amazing receiver in New York, and then something clearly happened. They didn't like him, he didn't like them by yeah. the end. I just don't know, again, this goes back to the Chase Claypool question, how can you fit a receiver in midseason? season yeah, And I'm not even talking about this week. I'm just just talking about the rest right. of the season. Oh,
1: okay, yeah. Well, um, in order, the guys talented, and Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. Somehow, somewhere, you are going to find a way to get him the ball. You will get him the ball. I just don't think this week is a good way to go.
0: But I, I do think he is somebody. I've picked him up on a couple teams just to have him on the bench. I am not okay. starting him just to oh, have him, okay. just in case. All right, just in case. Did you see what Derrick Henry did last week? And he is uh, he's questionable now this week. But the two hundred nineteen rushing yards no. and two touchdowns. Which
1: that cool is who stat. the Titans are, man. Yep. That is who they are, and they need Derrick Henry to be King Henry. And if he's King Henry, that makes their offense go. This stat blew my mind. I want to make sure I have it right. The
0: Cardinals' leading rusher this season has 299 yards. Derrick Henry had 219 last week. Huge. That's that stat. Aside from fantasy football, aside from anything else, here's we're going to break Wolf. That's the first person I thought of was you when I heard that stat because, and the leading rusher for the Cardinals is Kyler Murray, and that doesn't even feel like that's been the case.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know what? Honestly, can I just go back to Tennessee quickly? Yes. Can I just do that? Because you like talking I love about it. Tennessee? I love talking about their their incredible offense and how they run the ball with Derrick Henry, number nine in rushing yards per game. They run the ball a lot, and you know where it shows the most in the red zone when they want to run you over but they're the number two red zone team in the national football league and it's because they run the ball and they run it physically and they run it very very well the other part
0: where it shows up is the uh, win-loss record, which is what I thought you were going to say. Tennessee is quietly 5-2. and two. It's the same formula every year. Derrick Henry kind of maybe slow in the first game, and then he gets better as the season goes on. He gets better as games go on, and Tennessee all of a sudden is 5-2, and two, and they're banged up a quarterback, and they're 5-2. All right, text us your thoughts to the Findle text line at 6 620, 620 right now. When we come back, Barack Obama addressed the rumors about potentially buying the Phoenix Suns. You're going to hear what he had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona. Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, well, judging by the look of things out the window, wow. if you're driving right now, don't. No. buy phone. <laughs> you're holding your phone. I don't have your phone. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, a little nasty
1: out there right look now. Okay, right? So, so, here you go. Big smile. Nice. Just <laughs> got to tweet that out, man. That's so bad. That's um,
0: bad. No, that's great. If it's bad, I don't really necessarily want to tweet that out. This is... <laughs> I haven't played a lot of audio from this guy over the years of doing sports. This is Barack Obama last night addressing the Suns' ownership rumors.
3: I, I, I want to come out here... Not only because it's sunny and warm, but also, you
1: know, there have been a lot of these rumors about me and the Phoenix Suns. Uh,
3: like, now I, I, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know I was in the market, and by the way, neither did Michelle. Uh... But I, but I will say this: uh, the Suns are looking pretty good. I, I got to admit that.
1: I, I think they have a few more wins than my Bulls right now the bulls did beat the nest okay wait a minute now when you hear what's your immediate reaction to that the former president is he buying the phoenix suns or is he going to be a part owner of course uh, <laughs> he didn't really I, give I, you anything saying, there is he going you know is he heading up a group is, he would be the face you would imagine yeah.
0: of that group i mean honestly didn't sound like it right there it didn't sound like it, didn't sound it, like like it, it at all okay not, not right there now look guy was president for eight years. He knows how to speak median, as you say, yeah, uh so that doesn't mean he isn't but right <laughs> I'm just laughing at the image of him. Telling Michelle that he just spent $4.1 billion on a basketball team without
1: running it by her first. Yeah, that That's, would be, uh, you know, but I'm sure he's, he could get together a nice gaggle of people a few that people, could actually yeah. afford to buy it for $4 billion.
0: Yeah, I mean, you heard Barkley's reaction on the Bill Simmons podcast last week when Simmons brought it up, and he said, if, if Simmons said it in a weird way of like, uh, I don't know if I should be saying this yet or not, but I've been hearing things. And when he brought up Obama's name, Barkley's
1: like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Honestly, hey, the one thing we do know about our former president is he loves basketball and he loves taxes. How many times? <laughs> so now, okay, if, if he owns the team, we have to get him on the show. Oh, we'll beyond a shadow of a doubt <laughs> right now. Are you kidding <laughs> yes. me right now? So, yes, Barack, uh, are we going into the luxury tax <laughs> okay. Oh no excuse! Yes. If, if
0: you are a former president, and you buy the sons into the luxury tax, my friends. Yeah, that's where you're going to be living. We are time. going into the luxury tax. <laughs> uh, to the team on the court right now, Monty Williams just now gave this update on DeAndre Ayton.
1: We'll see. He, he went through a good practice today, but we'll see how how he responds uh, to the practice. But we don't have like a definitive answer just yet. Wow, okay, so he went through the practice. We'll see how he responds to the practice.
2: Speaking of median,
1: I was going to say, <laughs> I'd almost prefer that was internal. That's, that's good. Was... Uh, yeah, that's good, Mel. You're right about that. Um, you know how I read that, Basin earnings just based on what he does because I do speak median? So Monty's going to run for president? Um, no, no, oh. just based on what he he said right there. It, it does make me think he's going to play. Really? Yeah, we'll see how he responds to that practice because he went through practice. So So now it's just a matter of how does he feel after he went through the practice. Because many times the next day or later on that night, something might flare up a little if you tweak something. Does that make sense? It,
0: it, we'll see. So here's the next three games for the Suns. They don't play tonight. They play Portland tomorrow. They play Portland Saturday. And then they go to Philadelphia and play the Sixers on Monday. So three games and four nights starting tomorrow. Yes. I, I will say he doesn't play Friday. He does play Saturday. How about that? I think he plays one of the Portland games, however okay. they want to do it.
1: Okay. Maybe I they see. don't do
0: like the back to back with him coming back from the injury. Maybe he plays right. Friday not Saturday, I don't Maybe know. Maybe
1: right now too because you're looking at it, you're saying to yourself, man we need to get busy more um, reps. We need to get him in games. We need to get him more minutes. We need to get Jock Landell out there and let him go at it as well. These two guys need to play an awful lot because right now we're sitting here 6-1 and one and we know we want to cultivate a bench. We know that we want to go ahead and develop a bench all season long and distribute those minutes and find out what our rotation is going to be, especially come the postseason. Yeah, you know what? This is the way you do it.
0: We need to get Jock Landale on the show and have him teach us how to say Australian stuff. I know. That's. I feel like Just that needs to happen.
1: honestly right now. yeah, Dudes walking around. They weren't so busy practicing Australian. during the
0: show. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing out there? Uh, this is James Jones on with Burns and Gambo yesterday talking about Cam Johnson's performance earlier this week. Cam is, has grown every year and, and when he's been given opportunities, he responded. And last night was the ideal opportunity. You know, it was a situation where he's playing against two really uh, good front court players, Carl Anthony Towns. All star uh, force in, in this league, um, and the expectation would be that he would struggle. But I think he showed people that he's he's a, a, a better basketball player um, than people give him credit for.
1: Yeah, man. Where do you begin when you start talking about Cam Johnson being a better basketball player than most people give him credit for? Every
0: time I hear James Jones talk about Cam Johnson, I just always think this this is his guy. I mean, for all the talk in the off season of okay, he doesn't have to keep DeAndre Ayton if if he's got a deal in place for Kevin Durant, or if he wants to go a different direction, and some team offers sheets D A or offers the Suns a trade for D A. James Jones didn't draft D.A. James Jones drafted Cam Johnson when everybody was laughing at James that's Jones right. for drafting Cam Johnson. That's right. And
1: it's working out pretty well. Yeah, you know, and when I—I'll answer my own question that I just asked. When I think of <laughs> I Cam like I Johnson, it. right? No, I, I'm telling you right now, it's on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Defensive end of the floor, however you want to put it and couch it. That, to me, that's where he has— um, totally surpassed my expectation. And a lot of it has got to do with the fact that he's a much better athlete than what I thought. And, and I do like
0: I like this approach of just. And I think this is what every team's trying to do. But this approach this season of okay, okay, Cam's going in the starting lineup. Here's our five guys. Our, our starting lineup is really, really good. Like I think I think any neutral person. That follows basketball would put the Suns starting lineup up there with the very best in the league. Now you may say, "Okay, I prefer Milwaukee because they have Giannis or whatever," sure. but one through five starting five, you would put the Suns up there against anybody in the NBA. The question was on on the bench, but you got eighty-two games to work out the bench. Right, you've got a legit, bona fide, like top-tier, elite starting lineup figure out the bench during the
1: season which they're doing you know what i love about it too with cam johnson it's undeniable um you're you're putting in somebody who's young (laughs) somebody who's going to be in his prime he isn't he's not a finished product even now yet he's he's developing before our very eyes he's this young guy that is going to get better and I love that injection of youth into the lineup. It's a good point because one of the things the
0: Suns have been able to do the last couple of years, and there's look, there's a couple things, I, 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 I'm going to say this and people are going to be yelling Jalen Smith at their car radio, and I agree with you, because yes, you know I thought Jalen should have been Tyrese Halliburton, and if you're going to draft Jalen, you hold on to him. But what they have done, Wolf, is they have developed the young players that they've drafted, obviously all the way back to Booker, but... You're developing Aiton. He is better than he was when he got here. Sure. Cam Johnson's better than he was when he got here. Mackel Bridges has always been really good, but he's better now than he was when he got yes. here. That's how you. That's how you like build an actual winning yes. team. It's fun. No,
1: you know, honestly, you're
0: <laughs> all over it, dude. I I'm very, it. very distracted by whatever's going on outside our window. And now it's, it's bright out again. It
1: okay. seriously looks like there might be a funnel cloud out there right now. I'm not even joking. Well,
0: you're, I can't see it, I, so you I'll just tell you know. me if one shows up I, by I the window. Maybe we'll know, break yes. early. Uh, week nine of Bix Picks is underway. Text pick to 620, 620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75 inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card. To cold beers and cheeseburgers, so text pick to 620 620 to enter. We come back. What is Vance Joseph focusing on as the Cardinals get ready to face the Seahawks? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
3: Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: advance Joseph just spoke after Cardinals practice. Wolf, haven't heard any of this yet because it obviously just came down just a little bit ago during the show. So... His reaction, we, we heard from him last week, coming off the win over the Saints. Everybody comes in Friday after the Thursday night game, and they're all excited. And he's like, I think I surprised him because I was pretty animated with how unhappy I was.
1: That's good coaching right there. Can it I is. tell you that? I said it at the time. I'll say it again. Good coach, coaching.
0: Good coaching is also the adjustments he made at halftime, even though it was a loss to Minnesota. It was pretty clear he adjusted some stuff, and and they slowed down the run. Now, maybe Minnesota also voluntarily went away from it,
1: but Vance Joseph... Oh, no, they didn't. They ran the ball in run-down situations as well. Yeah, they came out, and they tried to run the ball. Um, The Cardinals just shut it down. They didn't do it in the first half. They got waylaid in the first half. That's not the first time we've seen
0: Vance Joseph make adjustments at halftime this year. So... They just played Seattle just a couple weeks ago. Vance was asked today if the game plan against Seattle is the same this time
3: around. They have changed, you know. In, in the last three weeks, they've changed. They're playing better defense, obviously. So I think Coach Carroll's, you know, plan of playing good D running the football and not turning the ball over is, is definitely an effect, and you can see his print on that team. So the first time we played him, it was it was a lot more, you know, uh, taking shots and being aggressive in the pass game but now the last two weeks it's been more run game it's been more two tight ends and uh 13 personnel sets and uh more walker you know than pass game so they're definitely different than uh what we saw the first time and teams do evolve you know and it it happens uh, each week you know so um, we'll see what happens on sunday but they are definitely different than they were the first time we faced them
1: Yeah, you know, he just said it right there. Teams evolve. And that that is exactly exactly what the Seattle Seahawks are going to do. He nailed it. I mean, when you think about Pete Carroll, when you think about who he is, you know, hey, go out and protect the ball. Run the ball, protect the ball, and play good defense. (laughs) I mean, these these are fundamentals of the game of football that has been around for a long, long time. I mean, that's old man football. That's exactly what they were saying when I came into the league in 1985. <laughs> it doesn't have to be complicated.
0: It really... It, it doesn't. You don't have to make it more complicated than it is. I mean, the 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 parts you just said right there that, that you can attack and that you can be good at, if you're good at those things, everything else kind of falls into place, doesn't it? It just... <laughs> There's you nothing know flashy what? about
1: the season. Run the ball, protect the ball, and play good defense. Well, there you go.
0: Um, he mentioned... Kenneth Walker in there Kenneth Walker is worrisome to me because he's really good we're going to see this guy for, for years. years that, now. That's why it's worrisome. Maybe This the,
1: guy's the real deal.
0: Yeah, maybe the Cardinals can bottle him up on Sunday, but he's just—he's going to be a problem in this division for a while. He was really good, if you watch college football last year with Michigan State, and uh, he's going to be somebody they're going to have to deal with. And San Francisco's going to have to deal with him, and the Rams are going to have to deal with him. Vance Joseph, okay, he just said Seattle's offense a little bit different. How about the Cardinals' defense since the last time these two teams met? Um,
3: I think we have changed a little bit as far as so those young guys get more reps, you know. Um, you know, every everyone evolves and gets better weekly in this league, and that's that's the difference in this league. You know, you, you have to get better, you have to evolve because teams have a book on you. After about, you know a month of playing, you know you have to adjust and. They're definitely doing that. We're doing the same thing on our side of the ball. But, yeah, I mean, we're getting better weekly. You know, with Isaiah Simmons making plays he's making and he's practicing and playing the way he's playing, it's been fun to watch. And uh, Zach, every week's getting better. You know, Maje's playing more. Cam's playing more. So, yes, we're definitely evolving and, uh, you know, playing more young guys and getting better for it.
1: Yeah, man, you never want to read into anything that a coach might say. You don't want to do it, right? So yeah. you don't read into the fact that he didn't say Zaven Collins, Luke. Yeah. I, just I was going to say, what are you reading? <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that until it. you said that. <laughs> All
3: right. Uh, You're you overreacting, Luke. Now, now
1: I'm going to have to retroactively no, overreact. I just honestly, um, he had a rough game. Uh, Zavin Collins had a rough game. Uh, you know, just talking to Zoe yeah. about that very thing. Um, you know, but overall, you gotta you got to look at Zayven Collins and say, is he getting better? And he definitely is getting better. It's one of those things
0: where it's like buying a stock, right? You don't expect it to be a straight line going Correct. up. It's going to go up and it's down. It's going to go it, up and down. But as long as it's going up over time. Yes. It's a little more heightened when you have a bunch of young guys on defense because if Zayvon Collins is playing on the Ravens right now and he has an off game, maybe you don't even notice unless you're watching Zayvon Collins.
1: I also like the sample size that he threw out there, four weeks, a month. That's what he said. You that know, sounds got That's That right there, that's what you want to look at. The last three, four weeks, How how are they playing now? What are they doing now? That's the sample size that these guys like to look at. From the last four weeks, how about the
0: next three games starting on Sunday with Seattle? Here's more from Vance Joseph.
3: I think every week is urgent in this league. You know, I mean, you got 17 chances to win games, but to have three in a row in division for us, where this team is, is absolutely it's it's big picture awareness and you know weekly focus. You know, we know what's out there. It doesn't change the. the, the uh, week of work, you know, it's the same week of work. But we're definitely aware that it's getting late in the season. You know, we got three games that can turn our season this next next, you know, three weeks. So that's that's definitely uh, out there. But it's one week at a time. But you know, winning this game, you know, allows us to focus on the next week. You know, you don't know this one, next week becomes kind of you know whatever. But it's 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 obviously a, a month for us that we have to make some strides, and we're aware of that. They have to do that for all the urgent reasons we've
0: talked about, Wolf, and all the urgent reasons he laid out right there. And the other part of this that that doesn't really matter if you don't have success in the next three weeks, but they have six games left after that, after these three weeks. Right. Two of them are against the NFC South, three of them are against the AFC. So there's not—it's going to be out of their hands in a lot of ways after these three weeks.
1: Yeah, good point. You know what, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm— We know that Vance Joseph at some point in time, I think is going to be another head coach. When that is, I have no idea. He's going to be hired by somebody, um, in the National Football League to be a head coach once again. And it's interesting to hear him frame up these three games. This is, this is what I've been talking to you about, right? By saying big picture awareness with a weekly focus. That's what he said. That's exactly that's exactly what the mentality's gotta be. You have you, you can't just say No 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 I don't wanna hear it. I don't wanna hear it. We're playing the Seattle Seahawks and that's it. The Seattle Se- Seattle, Se- Seattle Seahawks right, right. we don't wanna just <laughs> play that for four hours tomorrow. You also have to be aware you have twenty fifteen yeah. yeah Thank you, Sully. Um <laughs> But you get it right? You, 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 you listen, there's no denying it. We all understand the opportunity that we have. Cliff was talking about this very thing. The opportunity in front of us. Three games in the division. Here
0: we I think it makes a lot of sense to emphasize it with this team right now, because it is easy to let your mind wander and think, you know, this has felt brutal. It's been a drag. It feels like the season's over. And whether you... you got to go out there and win the games. If you don't, then the season may very well be over in three weeks. But I I don't think there's any harm in emphasizing as a team these next three weeks are like a reset. Yes, You have a chance to... All the frustration from the last two months, you can put it all behind you if you go three and zero in the next three weeks, or even if you can go two one, like you got to be playing your best football these three weeks. Every if you really think about it, Wolf, you can put behind you the label of the team that falls apart in the second half. Yeah, partially in these next three weeks, you can put behind the frustration of the first eight games in these next three weeks. There's a lot on the
1: line in these, but there's opportunity in these next three weeks. Yeah, especially too when you hear these guys talking and, and players talking in the locker room about urgency. So, you know what? Point to the urgency. Show them where the urgency needs to be applied. Preferably in the first quarter of the first of these three games. Here's the up. urgency right now. Yes. yes. Yeah. I love the opportunity they have. Go get it.
0: All right. That's it for us today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney behind the glass, Jesse Morrison as well. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.